What's up guys, this is Cash Cows Poker TV. We're back at you again with that Thursday night preview and that weekend first look. I'm here as always with your boy Jones. What up Jones? Not too much man, uh, pretty exciting week, uh, a lot of good matchups to break down. If you guys are anything like your uh, co-host Eric here, you are uh, you're struggling this season, but uh, hopefully you guys are finding some uh, some good parts in a few of your leagues. Uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into the Thursday night breakdown here. Chiefs at Broncos. Uh, this is a tale of two seasons for the Broncos, whereas they looked horrible on both sides of the ball the first three games. Now these last few games, they've looked very good on defense, and they've looked, uh, I guess I can give them as good as adequate on offense. Uh, Philip Lindsay's starting to look like how he looked last year. You don't expect much out of Joe Flacco, so anything we're getting from him, I guess, is icing on the cake at this point. Uh, you're a Broncos fan. Let's uh, let's hear on that. Yeah, so like you said, tell of two tapes uh, as far as the Broncos season goes. Uh, we've seen uh, the first half, they get absolutely embarrassed by several teams. Last couple games, been competitive, been able to win, and uh, much attributed to the defense. Now... As far as uh, this game goes, uh, this game, we have the Chiefs coming in on a uh, very, very uh, unimpressive run. <clears throat> Mahomes is a little banged up, so I do expect Denver to attack, uh, attack, 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 just because uh, Big Fangio is known for uh, creating different types of line stunts, different types of uh, exotic blitzes to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. And especially uh, with this Denver defense, I do expect them to turn up the heat on Mahomes tomorrow to see how he'll react with his bum ankle. So uh, I do expect a closer game than, uh, you know, it, it seems to look on the paper. Um, yeah, we've seen a real-life version of Patrick Mahomes the last three to four weeks. Started off looking invincible at the beginning of the season as he finished last season. Even in the playoffs, he was looking great um again that just goes to show you what a minute little ding up of an injury like a you know little messed up ankle just a slight messed up ankle takes away a lot of his you know what he likes to do get outside the pocket extend the play make plays happen you know be patient and a banged up ankle makes him slightly slower getting out of the pocket it makes him more uncomfortable for him to throw while taking a step so these are all things uh be monitoring this against. Obviously, you're going to play Mahomes if you have Mahomes. I actually have a tough decision this week a little bit because I have a few Mahomes and Lamar Jackson lineups, and they are fighting week to week over who's going to be number one still. Even when Lamar doesn't look good, he puts it on paper. So Yes, I mean, and if you have that, you need to trade one of them, man. I've been saying that for weeks, but I can't seem to get a hold of anything I really like. Um Sammy Watkins already ruled out for this one. Um, Eric Fisher out. The guard, Wiley, is also out. So they're going to be down two starters on the offensive line again. Uh, we're still waiting on Cam Irving. So if it's three starters down on the offensive line with the way that the Broncos are beginning uh, to the quarterback the last three games, even against Jacksonville, the game that they lost, they still had five sacks, a couple turnovers. That's kind of what broke the seal, if you will. Uh, but if they're down three starting offensive linemen again, I, I don't see, uh, I I don't see how 
Mahomes is going to, uh, you know, be able to do the things that makes him great. Yeah, he's going to, it seemed like he'd be being asked to be extra mobile and be extra ready to get out of the pocket in this situation. And on a, let's call it a 75% ankle, that's probably in the ballpark of reasonable if he's still playing. I, I, I don't think so, man. Uh, really? I understand it's a high ankle sprain. So so worse than 75%, yeah. you think? Yeah. My point being, regardless of the percentages, you're asking him to do more than what his health would allow him to do right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to have a bad game. I won't ever just go in and blatantly say Mahomes is going to play poorly because that wouldn't make me a very good fantasy you know, manager person to give you guys this information if I just came into I'm saying temper your expectations I so rarely say that for Mahomes I don't even say that against Mahomes this year for the Jacksonville matchup I said play your Mahomes he's going to do fine as he did but the bottom line is this Denver team is playing real good right now and they're strong in the spots where the Chiefs are weak uh, Denver's also been running the ball exceptionally well with Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman not just running but having those two involved in the passing game and the Chiefs, while good against the wide receivers and good against the long ball recently, they have not been good against running the football, and they have not been able to stop it at all, all season, 100% correct. I look for this to actually be an interesting game. I think there's a lot of, uh, maybe I want to say people that aren't familiar with the AFC West, where they're both located, but this is a competitive division that always plays each other hard as well. I know we say that about a lot of the divisions, but exceptionally true in these Broncos Raiders, Broncos Chiefs, Chiefs Raiders. Chargers aren't as rival as much as those those three with you know, it seemed like the Chargers are kind of left out of that I mean, as a rivalry, but like they play mad. So yeah. I mean we've seen two close games out of them last year. The first game in Denver, Denver was ahead by I believe fourteen points for the majority of the first half before they finally blew it and Mahomes just uh, you know, did did what he did all last season, but I, I I'm with you. I, I expect this game to be relatively close, uh, one score game. Yeah, I think what really would jumpstart for Denver would be an early Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman or Cortland Sutton touchdown. Uh, get yourself established that you can move the ball, force the Chiefs to look at not just the run or just the pass, but play as an entire you know team like on offense, play balanced. And I think that's the key to the Broncos' success and getting pressure on Pat Mahomes, which should be easier this week than most. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd run the ball 50 times, so uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even disguise it. I'd line up in two tight ends, one wide receiver, two running backs, and I'd shove it down their throat until yeah. they prove to me they can stop it. And when they finally do stop it once or twice and still have eight or nine in the box, then you hit them with the play action over the top. Cortland Sutton can make the play down the field. We've seen it several games this season. He's yet to thoroughly disappoint me at any point this season. He hasn't been great, but he's been more than adequate on a game-in, game-out basis. His his floor seems to be around 8 or 10 on a PPR format. He's a, He looks to be around a 4 for 65 for 55 type of guy, regardless of his matchup. And on good matchups can do obviously a lot more as we've seen, and on bad matchups seems to still get you a reasonable, reasonable outing. Good young player. Yeah. Um, the, as far as the fantasy plays goes, I, I I believe just about everybody that gets meaningful work in this game is going to be viable. Uh, one on the Chiefs side because the Chiefs' offense is so explosive and they have so much touchdown upside that it can be anybody on any given week. 
And for the Broncos side, it's simply because the Chiefs defense, they can't stop anyone. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any other way. They can't stop anyone. So, yeah. And even the Broncos defense could um, – uh, what's the right, right way to say this? They could produce this week while the Chiefs still do what the Chiefs do. They would have to get into the end zone, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, I mean it from a standpoint of, look, the Chiefs are going to sack them. The Chiefs are going – I'm sorry, the Broncos are going to sack them. The Broncos are going to get pressure on Mahomes. They may not get the fumble or the interception type turnovers, but I I can I feel like I can write them down for three or four sacks. But is that going to be enough if they score twenty four points and they get all those points? Taken well, what's our game? What's our game script to this game? Like I can't decide whether the Chiefs. You know, I think it's a question of do you believe in the Broncos' defense and being able to keep the game close and adequate, or do you do you think the Chiefs are just going to come in and stroll them? And I feel like it's going to be a tighter game than the Chiefs are used to, and maybe a little lower scoring just because of the way they match up in such a way that doesn't play well for the Chiefs. So it might be able to be enough to balance it is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, even in a 27-24 game, though, I don't see the defense getting there to a point that... that. Uh, well, I just meant adequate. Like, if they if a defense with 7 or 8, 9, 10 points is, is plenty, you know, oh, yeah, they gave up 24, they got, you know, 3 or 4 points from the allow, and then that's it, you know. So, I don't know. I, I'm not avoiding them like the plague, but I'm certainly not stoked on them, and I'm obviously searching my free agencies and my season longs for something. You know, a lot of the a lot of the bills are available, so check your leagues for the bills. I that's what I found in my. I didn't even hit the waiver wires this week. I hit them after the waiver wires were over. And there was still a lot of bills available. They're against the Dolphins. Um, if ever there was a spot that looked really really good, and somehow the Bills could blow it, this is the moment because they have an exquisite matchup on offense and defense this week against a team that doesn't show up to play football really at all. Maybe a little bit different look now with Ryan Tannehill, or I'm sorry, Ryan Fitzpatrick down there now, but we'll see. <laughs> I uh, Go Bills for this weekend. Uh, that's where I'm at. Um, not a whole lot to say. Uh, Tyreek Hill good in his outing back. Um, I'm sure he'll continue that. Tougher matchup this week. Is Chris Harris good to go? Yeah. Healthy and good to go. Yeah, so that's going to be a tougher matchup for him. But uh, He struggled against the Broncos in two games last year. He is a one-of-a-kind receiver, one-of-a-kind speed, unique to that. So, I mean, I, I if also you, think maybe uh, we can't just call him a speed guy. No, no, I'm not saying. I'm saying he's a one-of-a-kind receiver, and also his speed is incredibly unique. That's not a, it's a rare thing, the speed he has. And while Chris Harris is one of the faster guys, or at least – was in his younger years. He still, I'm sure he still gets up and goes at 29. It's not that old. I I remember being 29, so I must be older than that. But um, I look for it to be a uh, a fun deal. I uh, almost forgot I was in a basketball NBA draft. But it says I'm up right now. That's exciting, Miles Turner. That was perfect that I hopped back up. Oh, Lori Markin on. That might be something to look at. Chris Middleton? I'm going to name you off. Oh, Draymond Green. Is that something I want to be involved with? Dude, I don't even know how these things like. I know. That's why I'm trying to. I don't know how they go either. Like, it, it scores the same as DraftKings. I don't know the format still. Like, I mean, there's. So I don't either. I don't know no, it's pure mean, scoring for on each, on each position now. It's pure scoring on your overall categories of scoring. So, Adebayo, Kevin Love sucks. Uh. 
I'm leaning towards Draymond Green here. He um he's gonna be asked to do a lot up there in Golden State. Yeah, as long as you're comfortable losing the points category at his position, then Laurie Markinon can just kind of do it all, except for pass. He doesn't pass. Twenty seconds remaining. Self. Miles Turner still up there. Chris. <laughs> Chris Paul. All right, sorry guys. We're gonna go ahead and make the. Chris Middleton is what I went with. Decided I'd take Giannis's running mate. I'm up in three more picks. We can continue talking about uh, what. Uh, this uh, this weekend football coming up as well. Like as far as your, do you have your early plays for the week yet, or how you feel about certain situations? I mean, I have some early stuff, but nothing is solidified in stone. This is all subject to change. Well, I'll just talking about you know this is just our weekly first look. You know, nothing set in stone here, guys. But we're just talking about our early first looks. He's gonna go ahead and pull up DraftKings. I'm gonna make my next basketball selection and then jump right back to uh to uh football we're busy here at cash cows I mean, as night. far as the quarterback position goes uh if you're if we're looking at specifically on DraftKings, uh there's really nothing under 6k that i'm a big fan of uh which is rare i try to spend as little as possible on my quarterback each week because generally see generally speaking the ceiling from a quarterback to uh minus uh, just a couple guys the discrepancy is not big enough to care about. Right. This week, it's a little bit different. Uh, this week, you have uh, all the high-ceiling, high-rushing guys on the slate. You got your Josh Allen, you got Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys who get rushing attempts from the quarterback spot, which is something that I try to chase uh, a lot because it's the safest way to get points from the quarterback position. Sure. And... I mean, I'm I'm just really enamored with about six guys, and they're all above 6K. It's Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, Josh Allen is a fringe play, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. So that's where my interest lies right now. Uh, if I had to choose a number one spot right now, for me, it's either Jared Goff against Atlanta or Kyler Murray up against the Giants. Okay. Um, go ahead and, uh, anybody that you're fading completely that you have no interest in. Yeah, from the quarterback position? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually going to be fading Daniel Jones this week, which is, uh, kind of shocking because I normally target everyone against Arizona, but with the addition of Saquon back and... The addition of Evan Ingram, obviously, those things are going to make the game a lot easier for him because it gives him the majority of his At the same Sorry. time, I just project a way higher uh, volume and also ceiling for Daniel Jones up against the quarterbacks uh, in his price range. Yeah, I can I can get on board with that. Again, uh, if you guys are just checking us out, uh, what you're seeing on screen right now is actually a quick basketball draft I was running while we were doing the show. So you're seeing some fantasy basketball in the background while we talk football with you. Um, 
Talk to us about running backs, man. Anything that's jumping right out at you this week? Jones is our resident DraftKings expert. He's the daily sports guy, whereas I take care of your season long and or this season lack of because it's a struggle, I assume, for all of us that really did our preseason draft research and really studied this year. We're having some struggles. So, yeah, least, from a, Go ahead. From the uh, running back position, it's... Uh, going to be quite the different uh, approach for me for running back this week than I normally take. I normally am on uh, Team Jam them in, and when I say that, I mean I try to get the highest-priced running backs in the best spots with the most volume in my lineup. Right. Uh, this week, it's really just two guys up top. Everyone else is, I mean, for their price, is inexpensive. You got David Johnson at 7800 in a matchup with the Giants, who is still, I mean, that's just still too ridiculously cheap for a, a matchup that good. And on the other side of the ball, you have Saquon at almost 9,000, 8,900 to be exact, against the Cardinals, which uh, a lot of people may balk at the price tag. But uh, I have no problem paying that price tag uh, in a game that is projected to be close and that he is projected to get uh, a lot of work from. And if they do somehow turn out to be road dog or uh, home dogs, in this, then uh, his ceiling just gets elevated from the passing work that he gets. So I'm in love with those two specifically. Uh, obviously, Leonard Fournette is still way too cheap at only 7000 The guy is literally getting 26 touches per game. So uh, especially at the running back position, volume trumps talent, volume trumps efficiency. And uh, Chris Carson, a guy I've literally brought up every single week, and I will continue to bring him up until DraftKings either raises his price or until he doesn't get the touches. I mean, he's 6,500 and another guy who you can just damn near pencil in for 23 touches a week. So uh, at that price, that volume in a matchup against Baltimore, who they don't stop anything anymore for some odd reason. Uh, I got a lot of interest there as well. And uh, I'm going to give you guys two players under 6,000 that I'm really paying attention to. And they're actually at the same price tag. And for me, it's I'm not going to play both of them. I'm probably going to pick one. But I'm looking at uh, right at $5,000, Joe Mixon and also Josh Jacobs. Uh, both are in uh, average to good matchups. The problem with Josh Jacobs is he's up against Green Bay, which has a terrible run defense when you look at everything uh, that measures run defense. But Yeah, they only stopped Zeke. <laughs> yeah, they have, a terrible, they have a terrible run defense. So, I mean... That's a good thing for Josh Jacobs, but I can also see a way that this game gets out of hand and that he just gets phased out of the game, which is a concern. Uh, that's my biggest concern there, but I like the price. Uh, Joe Mixon is the other one at 5000 up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are currently the worst rush defense in football, giving up damn near six yards per carry. Now, in theory, that should be a good matchup, but we haven't. we just haven't seen Joe Mixon be productive. So, I mean, it's scary on the front that he just shows. Yeah. Like Joe Mixon's ceiling is what you would have hoped his floor would be starting out. I, seems like. But at the same time, this is one of the uh, lowest costs that you're probably going to pay for the guy until yeah. and, unless he just doesn't produce in this dream matchup. And if he doesn't produce in this matchup, then I, I'm not you sure. You don't really want say. him. Yeah, you don't really want him anyway. I mean, there's, a, there's only a few ways the game script could go that wouldn't benefit him here. And again, it's not something you would expect by any means. So, um, 
Yeah, you got any uh, like receivers or tight ends for us? Or like I said, not a lot to go over with. Like I'm with you, where I don't really get my thoughts and my solidified opinions until the Saturday, you know, late mid Saturday range. So, as far as the receiver position goes, I mean, above seven thousand dollars, I'm not in love with any of them. Uh, if I was to go up here above seven thousand uh, dollars, it would be to Cooper Cup in a dream matchup against Atlanta. Uh, their secondary continues to be bad. Desmond Trufant continues to be out. And we're talking about people that are going to be on their fourth string, uh, you know, corners and safeties and things like that. So that's a spot that Cooper Cup, uh, you wouldn't expect him to have a, like a lot of run after catch, but is actually just fine in that category. Offers a ton of upside at uh, 7,400 against this terrible defense. And then really, uh, it's really my main focus is going to be in the 5K range. I just think there's a ton of guys that are way underpriced, uh, starting with T.Y. Hilton up against the Houston Texans at 5,900. Uh, yeah, that's nice. The Texans are a terrible, terrible secondary. They continue to give up big plays. And as we've seen, uh, T.Y. Hilton's production doesn't really drop off a ton with Jacoby Brissett. He yep. still runs his deep routes. He's actually getting more targets closer to the line of scrimmage, which are more higher completion uh, targets. So he's going to convert a lot more, though. So if anything, I just think it makes his floor higher. Uh, ceiling is the same uh, for 5,900. Uh, another guy that I'm really going to like is uh, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay coming in at about 5,800 in a matchup with the Vikings, which uh, Trey Waynes is expected to be on him. Possibly Xavier Rhodes, but neither one of them have been impressive. So I'm going to continue to attack those spots as well. And uh, the last one that I want to bring to attention is a second uh, L.A. Rams receiver, which is Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is 5,400. Uh, continues to see seven targets per game. Uh, seven long targets per game, usually. And continues to be in an offense that has a ton of touchdown upside. And, you know, you know what type of player Brandon Cooks is he's in a dream spot against the Atlanta Falcons so um, I'm probably going to be the idiot that uh, if the field has 10% I'm probably going to have around 35 or 40. There you go all right guys um, unless you want some tight ends for him but I, that's I think something we can dig into always keep the fans wanting more have them come back this weekend for tight ends and a more in-depth dive on everything as always here at Cash Cows Poker TV. I'll give them one tight end. Give him one. Darren Waller at 4700 against the Packers. Uh, actually just signed an extension uh, today. Three-year extension expected to make around $9 million per year. So, Oh, nice. That's good he, for him. Uh, yeah, it's a great. I don't know if you if any, if any you guys don't know his story, uh, go look it up. Uh, you know, made some bad decisions early in his career, has rebounded nicely, and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, is having a, a, having a good, true first season in the NFL. Not a rookie, but... Having a real good uh, first season in game, so that would be uh, that's where I'm at at tight end as far as my favorite tight end play of the week. Right on. Um, can I ask you a basketball question while I still got you on the stream? Sure. Uh, Jason Tatum. I'm gonna read you the first four names available: Bagley, Tatum, Mark Gasol, Jaron Jackson. I would take Jaron Jackson. Really? I was thinking Jason Tatum. I thought he would have a bigger role in Boston with the departure of Kyrie. 
Could you see that as being a possibility, or do you think I'm just like spouting off right there? I mean, you could very well be you could very well be right. But where I'm going with Darren Jackson is he's a cornerstone on both offense. I already took Jay Morant too, or is it Jay or Ja? Ja. Ja Morant. Super lanky, plays defense, is going to rebound. Uh, He just offers more positional, like more category winning upside to me than Jason Tatum does. Okay. guys well you have our fantasy look for the week that's about what we're going to give what we're going to give you here um any shout outs jones anything you need to say tell the world no um keep an eye out i may be putting out some basketball content for uh for daily fantasy basketball Uh, i'm pretty good over there not to toot my own horn but uh fantasy basketball is definitely my best sport i've had Success in both football and basketball, but uh, basketball primarily. So keep an eye out for some daily fantasy basketball content possibly coming out your way uh, for the opening night. Okay, we'll be looking forward to that. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down here. We appreciate y'all being with us, and uh, that's a wrap. I'm gonna give myself some Aaron Gordon right here. <laughs>